Hello, the Thoroughly Good Classical Music podcast invites three people who play, listen or otherwise work in classical music to sit down and discuss the subject they love. They're unplanned conversations, they're recorded as live, they're very nearly unedited and more often than not, they take unexpected twists and turns. This is podcast number eight and importantly, it is a seminal moment in this podcast history because it features a returning contributor, the marvellous Fran Wilson from the Cross-Eyed Pianist blog, uh, who also featured in podcast number two from earlier in the series. You can see what I'm doing there. Uh, we normally leap in with a conversation, uh, but this time I figure it might be interesting to do something a little different and listen to the final bars of a piano concerto from a 1990 television broadcast all will be revealed after this, but be warned, it is a little hissy. genius to recognize a performance of stature and individuality and in that performance from Lars Wurt to the Schumann Piano Concerto in A minor, Opus 54 I would say that that is what we had it seemed to me, we'll hear in a moment from Paul Crossley if he agrees that that inspired Simon Rattle and the CBSO to real heights of music making search it out on YouTube Lars Wurt the CBSO and Simon Rattles leads Piano Concerto 1990. It is a sight to behold, uh, and Lars came second to winner to the winner that year, Arta Pizarro. Lars also features in the Leeds Piano Festival, the first of its kind this year, uh, a sort of a heads up for the main Leeds Piano Competition, which is being streamed live on Medici TV from the 6th of September later this summer. The final is on the 15th. This episode of the podcast features Adam Gatehouse, one half of the new artistic team behind the leads. Uh, the other half is Paul Lewis, who you hear Adam talking about during the podcast. Adam explains a little bit more about some of the changes that have been introduced to the competition this year. Uh, he reveals uh, what competition judges do to combat fatigue. And he also explains some of the competition's international reach. And on that point, be sure to listen out for the number of people studying the piano in China today. If you don't already know that fact, it will undoubtedly make your jaw drop. It certainly did mine. Um, and it's a, it's a bold change, is it? Are we describing it as a bold change of vision for Leeds? A bold re-envisaging, I would mm. say, uh, Okay, is, is how I would put it. Yeah, I think it's bold. Um, I mean, when we started, Paul and I, I mean, Paul and I approached this from uh, different perspectives. He's a performer um, who has never made a career through winning a competition. And I was a performer as a conductor, I've had 20 years career as a conductor, and then 
worked at Radio 3 for another 23 years, but um, my big scheme there was the Radio 3 New Generation Artist Scheme, which was deliberately uh, based on a non-competitive selection process. So we both approached this challenge, if you like, uh, of how would we re-envisage the Leeds Piano Competition with a certain degree of healthy scepticism mm -hmm. about competitions. We, are, we, we certainly, neither of us think they're the be-all and end-all of making a career because they're not. And there are, you know, dozens, hundreds, thousands of artists of all kinds who've made fantastic careers by not winning competitions. And yet you all. are you are running one of the biggest, yeah. <laughs> one of the biggest competitions. And, <laughs> and, and so having said that, we both looked at each other and said, how could we make this competition something a bit more humane? Because there's no doubt about it that the competition process can be a very inhumane one mm. uh, and and it fraught with tensions how can we make it a little bit more humane without of course taking the gladiatorial out of it because hey competitions are there for people to win you know that's what they go mm. in for them for so so you can't you can't sort of make it all egalitarian. I mean, one person suggested we have no prizes. Well, I said, <laughs> <laughs> why would they enter? Yeah, yeah, quite. Exactly, exactly. You know, I mean, that's that's all very nice and, and 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 democratic and idealistic, but actually, I don't think it serves any purpose. But so, how so is it not? Sorry to interrupt you. How how are competitions not humane? Well, without naming other competitions. No, I mean it's it's nothing to do with naming or or, or, or anything like that. But just the whole process mm. can be so fraught because musicians are there to perform mm. to an audience, and in a com competition situation, there is that huge added strain that they are actually not just their performing to an audience but they're competing against other people who they can't hear and that can add a, t a terrible strain some competitions um, actually have a, an atmosphere which I think in some ways works on that uh, to, 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 to make make it really gladiatorial mm -hmm. and Neither Paul nor I think that is conducive to finding the sort of musician that we would like to find no. in a competition. Um, so that then led us on, if you like, um, to what sort of competition would we like to see and what sort of musicians would we like to see coming out of it. And in a way, we took our cue from, from Murray Perrar, who's our patron, who, when I asked him why he went in for the Leeds, he said, well, I went in for the Leeds mainly because it was the competition that put the biggest focus on the core repertoire, Bach, Haydn, Mozart, Beethoven, <coughs> Schubert, Schumann, Chopin, Brahms, up to, let's say, mid-19th century, um, above the bigger fireworks, if you like, sort of repertoire of Liszt, Rachmaninoff, Prokofiev, and, and the late 19th and, and, and earlier 20th century. And which is not, of course, to deny that those will have a place in the Leeds. Of course they will. But we do place quite a strong emphasis on that repertoire and how 
the the, the pianist can really show themselves to, in the best light in in the best musical light in that repertoire. What is it about? Maybe this is something for both of you, but what is it about those particular works? I'm not a pianist, um, which I mean I play, but not very well. Um, what is it about those composers that makes that repertoire ideal? Do you think? Well, I think it. Uh, for, for, I think it tests pianists in a particular way. Um, also, there's 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 many benchmark recordings of those great works from that that slice of the canon and I think that that offers quite a big challenge that how do you say something new in say a well-known Beethoven sonata but also remaining faithful to the to the score and um, the literature Um, I it interests me because I, I think there are so many ways of saying things about that music. You know, why why do people keep recording and performing the last three sonatas of Beethoven or the great Haydn's great E flat major? You know, what is it about these works? There's something I think there's something almost ineffable about them. You can't really pinpoint why they're so special, but they are. And I think that pianists know that. And audiences too, actually, don't they? Oh, I mean, yeah. why do people flock to concert halls to hear these great works as, as opposed to others? You know, the, the age-old question about programming and why we're we not hearing more contemporary and more unusual repertoire is actually because these are great works that people want to hear and pianists want to play them. And mm. I think that's a good enough reason for yeah. including it. And, and, and also I think that there are, it is repertoire, which of course requires formidable techniques Mm. but where in a way the opportunities for virtuoso display if you want to put it on that level are many many fewer and so uh, let's say a a musician who has perhaps less to say musically but but has fantastic technique is going to be much more exposed in that yeah. sort of repertoire it's much more testing isn't it it, it is te- mm. testing you know it, at slow movement of a Mozart sonata um, you or I could play <laughs> <laughs> I like I like the way you're looking at um, me I'm I don't know that I, well. I mean I, this is another confession I'm not a pianist um, you know I was a conductor and a clarinetist I learnt the piano but I'm not a pianist and at first I thought Gosh, that's a severe disadvantage, but actually, it's perhaps an advantage. I would say it must be an advantage. Um, just because I don't approach it from that very particular viewpoint. Right. Mm. And so, just to come back to the, the, the slow Mozart sonata, you need to be able to feel that in your soul. Mm. You need mm. to be able to communicate your soul to the audience through that music, or else it just falls down. Yeah. And I think, and I think that. Probably that is as good a starting point as as any, I feel, for being able to judge, because we are there as juries to judge them and, and, and to choose winners, to judge these people as musicians. Mm. The other thing that, that, that also that, that I picked up from that wonderful man, Murray Parrar, who was uh, one of the early great winners of the Leeds back in 1972 was his advice to pianists entering the the competition. He said, I can't say don't 
think about competing because that's what you're there to do. But think above all about sharing this wonderful music with an audience yeah. and think about that rather than mm. how is my uh, my how are my double octaves going to come mm. across. Mm. I think that's so important because you know the music was written to be shared. Exactly. Fundamentally, yeah, wasn't it? That's, that's what it was written for. Yeah. And and I think to go into to a competition with that attitude is is much more healthy and 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 it's what it's about. Yeah. Are you able to tell? I mean, you've just come from a an audition. To, I think I heard you saying that you've done sixty eight auditions. They're not auditions. Uh, not auditions. It was actually, sorry, the first round. The first round. Yeah. Sixty eight pianists took part in the first round. Over how long? Uh, we were there, it was 10 days in total, in, but in three different continents and three wow. different cities. So we started wow. in Berlin um, for the European contingent, where we heard 40 pianists in three days, which was quite a marathon. We then jumped and they're playing for 25 minutes 25 each. 25 minutes each, yeah. Wow. Um, which, on one level you can say, gosh, that's quite short. Mm. On another, um, if you think of a concert situation, if you haven't established yourself in the first five minutes yeah. or even yes. one minute you've of a concert, yes. you've lost your audience. Yeah, so 25 minutes is, and, and, and turned out to be, the jury all agreed, a really good time. They had time to, uh, to, to really had to select their repertoire. We insisted that the re one piece of the repertoire was pre-1800, so we had a lot of Bach, mm -hmm. Scarlatti, Haydn, Mozart, early Beethoven. Um, but then after that, the other piece was free. They had to have a, a, a complete piece. So it made them choose their repertoire carefully. So yes, we had 40 in Berlin. Then we jumped on a plane to Singapore where we heard uh, 11 pianists. And then we jumped on another plane to New York where we heard another 17. And all that in 10 day period. Um, I have a nerdy interest in, in, in judging. Um, and I, I suspect that's because I'm I'm an audience member, and and judges are sort of often do their work in relative secrecy. You know, they're sort of they're behind a desk or they're in a room. Um, how? What is it that you notice when um, when you realise that you're as a judge you're getting tired? What are the signs that you? Because that's that's a <laughs> lot of music. You know, it I mean, it's, and I'm not I'm not saying that it's. I mean, it is hard work because you want to make the right decision. But I wonder what signs you notice when you realise, actually, I'm I'm flagging a bit now. And, and but what are they? Do you well, I mean, there's no doubt about it that 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 you know, we're all human, and that after listening to 15 pianists, and when it comes it's coming on for nine o'clock at night, mm -hmm. the attention there is a danger that the attention will flag, and if if whoever's playing at that point is actually not communicating with me, then I will notice it. But I'll notice that at nine o'clock in the morning as well, mm. you know, um, because this is what I tried to tell my colleagues on the jury. What we're looking for are people who are communicating and not necessarily people who, um, who have the flashiest technique. Mm. I mean, Let's face it, everybody has incredible techniques now when they're going in for these competitions. I mean, you know, I was flabbergasted out of 68. I could say that probably the number of wrong notes I heard out of 68 pinnis could be counted on 10 fingers. Oh, how sickening. I mean, sick. it was, it was, <laughs> I really you know, hate and that. And actually, when somebody did play a wrong note, I, I thought, 
Thank God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's really, uh, you know, and, and I, I would never <laughs> penalise them for it. Mm. Um, far from it, you know. It shows that they're human. Mm. Um, but And I would actually, as an audience member, just as an aside, when listening to a concert, I would actually probably rather hear mistakes. I obviously don't want to hear loads of mistakes, but by hearing an error... I'm reminded that it is a human being exactly. on stage yes. and there's a certain yeah. amount of risk in yeah, the performance. Awesome. Right. Yeah, there's an authenticity so right. to it. Yeah. Yeah. So I just said, people who communicate, people who will make you sit up and people who make you think, gosh, I really would like to hear that pianist mm -hmm. again. And often those are people who will perhaps go contrary in a piece of music that you know well to what you might yeah. expect or anticipate they say, oh, I never thought of that. But that's, like that. that's the joy of it, isn't it? It I is. Mean, that for me, as a very regular concert goes, and I go and hear a lot of piano repertoire that I know and I play, and I mean, I'm, I can be highly sensitive to it, but when someone j plays a certain phrase or does something to a familiar section, and you think, oh, yeah. You know, <laughs> that, it's touching you in some way, isn't it? You exactly. might not even agree with it. You might no. feel it's so different to what you've heard before, but it's interesting. But, and they've made you sit up and yeah. listen. And, and, and so, in answer to your question, I'd rather put it the other way. What is it about somebody who really is communicating? And there, I think, that there becomes a quality of silence mm. in the room. Mm. Mm -hmm. that the audience, suddenly, <coughs> there's yes. something it's happens in the air. A sense of incredible, collective, intense listening. Listening, yeah. exactly, which produces a quality of silence, which suddenly focuses everybody it's a, it's a remarkable collective feeling it is. yeah i felt it at the wigmore um a couple of months ago um with a pianist playing beethoven and i i was reviewing it and i was trying to think how i would explain this sensation Every, it was as if everyone was listening in so intently and that the sense of a channel of communication between pianist and audience was yeah. it was palpable yeah. it's that yeah. literally you could cut the atmosphere with a knife scenario it, it felt like that it was You're extraordinary right. yeah. but yeah. that but that kind of experience that repeated experience over time is also in itself tiring because yeah. if you, you because your emotions are, mm. are right there as a as a listener they're right there on the edge and then you know there's a break and then there's another one then there's another one that's how do you do you have any strategies in order to handle that? How does one rest from that kind of thing? Well, there are various physical strategies. I, I do lie down flat on the floor between each session. Right. Uh, just partly to rest my back, mm. but also just partly to completely empty my, my brain. And I even, not, I wouldn't say I, I, I sleep, because it's only for 20 minutes, but I just sort of take that, Oh, sort of consciousness away, away and try and just hover right and, okay. and, and, and I'm a very lucky person that I can lie down for 10 minutes and feel completely refreshed so I think for me just as a physical strategy that's important as a mental strategy I keep on telling myself this is that person's make or break situation they deserve my complete yeah. attention and that usually is a good wake up mm -hmm. call mm -hmm. you know because you know they've worked for years sometimes for, for this 25 minutes and it's you know a lot hangs on it yeah. can I ask about the audition process prior to that did, how, how do uh, competitors apply do they have to do a, a recording yes. or a YouTube or we, video what, how do you well, make that up until 
this year, for the last two competitions, it's been done with DVDs. Okay. And this time, I, I've always preferred just to rely on my ears. Mm. Um, and interestingly enough, somebody did an experiment with exactly the same recordings of the same people, yeah. one on DVD, one on audio, with the same uh, set of listeners, mm. and the results were markedly different. That's interesting, isn't it? So I prefer to rely completely on my ears, mm. um, and we, we had nearly 200 applicants, and rather than all sit down and listen to all 200, which is what had happened in the past, mm. Um, which I think really can bring total fatigue on. And mm. Mm. Um, I chose the pre-selection panel very carefully, people whose judgment I knew and trusted. And we divid divided them up equally between us. And I gave some, some clear guidelines as to how to go about the selection process, saying the same sorts of things mm -hmm. that I've outlined about people who are communicating, people you want to hear again. We each gave marks out of 10, and anybody who, ra who achieved 8, 9, or 10 was uh, a yes, mm -hmm. would go through, but then they were told they couldn't have more than X number of <laughs> people to, as yeses, otherwise we'd have <laughs> right. too many. Right. And then we had a, a anybody who had six and seven were maybes. Anybody who's uh, five and under were no's. I'm, I'm suddenly thinking about my degree and all the exams <laughs> I did for my degree. <laughs> well, there you are. Yeah, okay, fine. So, so what we did was that the, 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 the yeses, they automatically went through to the first round. And then as a, as a pre-selection jury, we got together over one weekend and we listened to all the 35 maybes. And from them, we selected, I think it was 15, mm -hmm. 16 um, people who would be added to the, to the yes category to make up the, 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 the 60. Originally, we were going to take 60, but we, all, we agreed that the standard was so high that we, we brought that up to 68, mm -hmm. which was the maximum that we, we, mm -hmm. we could we could do. So that was how we did the selection mm -hmm. process. Mm -hmm. And the other thing was that we did it without looking at any of their references or their CVs before we'd made the decision. Kind of blind oh, in so effect. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. so, you know, because that also, that can, it um, can influence, can influence yeah, people. Yeah. And then I, I should add that in the first round, um, and when we were doing the listening for, to the maybes, uh, we didn't discuss. Okay. And in the first round, we didn't discuss at all. We purely voted. So you didn't discuss uh, in between each no. performance? Or even or at the or end even of the day? E e at the end of the day, even over the glass of wine afterwards, and I was absolutely rigorous about that, we were not to discuss them. And did, did, you have to did you have to stop? I mean, there, there of course, it was. I mean, I mean, and one or two <laughs> members of the jury were in agony. <laughs> said, oh my God, I want to say what I thought about X or Y. Yes, well, yes, it, because that is an of course, thing, of course, it? we all want to do it. But I have been on on a few juries where I've seen people who have very strong opinions mm. and very strong personalities who do sway other people. Mm. Right. Okay. Um, and 
you know, I've experienced it myself. I remember, I remember uh, it was on the Cardiff Singer of the World and we didn't auditioned, we'd listened to, I thought, a very good mezzo-soprano. And one of the members of the jury came out and said, well, that was dull as ditch water, wasn't it? And I thought... Dear. <laughs> really quite tense. I thought, well, <laughs> gosh, you know, I really rather like yeah. that person. Yes. But, and but there is that but yeah. that, yeah. that particular person was quite a famous singer, so I thought, well, maybe... Anyway, I, I still voted for that mm. person, mm. but that person did not actually get through. Um, although I have to say that person is now enjoying quite a major career and is singing quite but major that, roles at Covent Garden. But so. you... Be, the, the <laughs> The story that you're telling actually illustrates a, a very simple point, which is actually experienced as concert goers. Absolutely. Which you can, you can walk out of the auditorium yeah. and go, that really touched me. I had an amazing time. I'm crying buckets. Yeah. And, then, and then you read something in the paper and go, oh, that person either wasn't in attendance at the concert or they heard an entirely different yeah. word. Exactly. And, and that can really damage... Yeah. your yeah. perception yeah, and your decision absolutely. making absolutely but, but listening to music is so subjective isn't it it Personal. is you're yeah. so right it's very subjective and I think that um, I mean as I review as well as go to concerts and something I'm very conscious of when I'm writing and is that you know my experience of that particular concert is not necessarily John's experience or, no. or the, a critic from a newspaper and actually that doesn't matter no I think yeah. it's important that we don't agree hmm. because we're each taking something very personal from the experience. Absolutely. And, and I think I, I think my perception of, of competitions and juries is that that the same things should be applied. That this idea that jurors are kind of cold, distant, with a you know, a list of ten criteria and boxes to be ticked. Very low level lights. Yeah. They're also they're also you are also human beings listening to human beings playing the piano exactly. and taking a very personal and sometimes very emotional experience from it. Yes, indeed. Yeah. And and also people from with different backgrounds who will perceive different repertoires yeah. in different ways. Yeah. Um, and and that is also important that one gets a, a balanced um, view across across a jury. I mean, mm. juries are another thing. When when I mean, this is sort of pulling us back to the first thing that I, I said when Paul and I sat down because we also talked about about juries uh, and and part of the process of trying to make it more humane was also we finally decided to have to have a jury that was mainly made up of performing musicians who who know what it's like yeah and so is that different from the sorry is that different from the past yes they were teachers weren't they well some, some were yeah, te teachers I mean, I mean leading master teachers yes right. and yeah. which you know who who and I've sat on, on juries with them who have you know f fantastic insights but we just felt, um, and this came particularly from Paul as a, as as a performing musician, that we wanted our jury to be made up mainly mm. of performing musicians. I think it's an excellent idea. Because also, you know, when you have uh, teachers, inevitably they will have pupils, mm -hmm. and inevitably some of those pupils will be mm. performing. And the last Leeds competition of that I took part in on the jury had three out of the six finalists had three teachers on the jury. 
Now, to me... That's bias. Well, it's potential for bias. It's not, well, yeah. not necessarily it is, bias. It, it, not necessarily no. at all. And, and I have absolutely no, no thought that, that there was any bias thing. But, going on there, but just from an audience perspective, that seems to me a little dodge. Dodgy, yes, yes, you know, yeah. Oh, and, yeah. And, yeah. and 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 so we just we really did want to avoid that possibility, um, and you wanted to shore up its integrity, shore up its that. integrity, yeah. but also send a signal. It is a sort of signal to the to the pianists who are performing for us. I'm deliberately not saying competitors. Um, who are playing for us, that they're playing to fellow mm. musicians yes. mm -hmm. who know exactly yeah. what it's and like I to be sitting that's in that so, place. That's so important, because they have a, a, an appreciation of all the the amount of work, the, the headspace, the physical aspects of playing, the whole process of preparing for performance, performance anxiety, presentation, presence. I think exactly. an understanding of that is so important yeah. because it yeah. does affect how one perceives the music and appreciates it. I mean, I'd, I'd, again, from my own experience, going to concerts as a pianist, I have a, at least a tiny understanding of what's going on on the stage. Yeah. And I think it makes one more sympathetic. And yes. I think that, that that sympathy and empathy Empathy, is important. Yes, a better word. word. Yeah. Is very important. Yeah. 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 Rather than sympathy. Well, yeah. there's a degree of it too. When you know, when it doesn't go, when it doesn't go to plan. Sure. Yeah. Um, you know, when we all, any performing musician has gone down a, a, a blind alley and mm. suddenly thought, "Oh my God, I took the wrong turning there. How do I get out of this?" And you know, it, these those are, are, are terrifying moments, mm. and. If you've got somebody there who's, who knows exactly yeah. what that's about, then they're not necessarily going to say, OK, dismiss yeah. Yeah. him or her because they, they had a, a memory lapse mm. or, or something mm. like that. You know, one of the best, one of the, one, I wouldn't say that, but one of the, <laughs> one of the... All right, I'll cut that bit. <laughs> one, one of the really interesting pianists, I mean, there were lots of interesting pianists that we heard, had a, had a serious memory lapse. Mm. And... Uh, but luckily, recovered. the jury. The, the, oh, they recovered yeah, amazingly, yeah. and the jury didn't hold it against. You see, them. I have a I have a bit of a problem. That 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 makes me think of times when there was an occasion during the proms, a couple of years back, when a young pianist was doing. Um, I I think it was a Mozart piano concerto, and it she just lost her way. It mm. was it was the most remarkable thing. Mm. Uh, and I love those moments, not because someone has cocked up, no. but because <clears throat> watch carefully and you will see everybody oh, coalesce. Absolutely. You, you will feel the audience mm. go, oh, come on, come on, come on, come yeah. on. Yeah. It's fine, we'll, we'll make yeah. it work, we'll make yeah. it work. Yeah. Uh, and it does happen. It's a, it's a remarkable thing and it shows uh, the, the remarkableness of a group of musicians on stage. Mm. What bothered me really was that the following day, what I saw online was a clip of the error, and yeah. and not and, and I'm, you know in the grand scheme of things, it's nobody's died, nobody's going to die, and it's fine. But but I think that by only clipping up the error, you overlook the exactly. the beautiful yeah. resolution it, it, exactly. that, that at Quite. the end of it. Exactly, yeah. that's that yeah. that is of course the danger and the cruelty of. Uh, all this wonderful modern technology <laughs> that we have, <laughs> which is also which we are also bringing into the leads. I mean, this is another 
part of the radical change that we are embracing um, streaming, live streaming mm. online. So the whole competition will be streamed from the second round on in Leeds in September. It'll be streamed live. The first rounds we filmed and they will go up a month before mm -hmm. the Oh, before wow. the competition starts. So actually we get to experience it at exactly the same yeah. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. pace that you have. I, I, I think that's great. I mean, I'd watched some of the Tchaikovsky on Medici and yeah. um, some of the other competitions because I, you know, it was all, uh, as, as a piano fan, um, to, to have it sort of shoved into the backwater of the BBC, shall we say, and only seeing the finals um, is such a pity because, you know, the real piano fans want to see the progression absolutely they want to follow yes, the yes. performers they um i mean i've noticed this with the bbc young musician competition that, that people have, have picked out oh, yes. favorites yes. and they're they're really rooting for them and they're absolutely. following them and we want to be able to do that to see the progression to support these artists audiences want to i've always believed that audiences want to invest yeah in in every stage of the process so that when it comes to the to the i mean that same for me with the string quartet competition mm. and the Rosal finals um, that I want more of it you know yeah. I want to see everybody come on yeah. come on yeah. come on yeah. uh, and I think there is uh, there is a bit of a worry for some TV people that uh, audiences can only cope with small bits of yeah. it, is it you know small yeah. excerpts yeah. And, and they should go elsewhere to find the full thing I am um, I'm more of the mind that I want it well, you know, I, I want mean, it on tap, mm. and I want it just, there. Just, just, just for the record, I wouldn't say the BBC is backwater as an ex-BBC <laughs> person. Mean, no. <laughs> as an ex-BBC BBC person, BBC Four is, is BBC Four. You know, it, is in a the niche. old days, it would have been it's on a, BBC it's, Two. It's, 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 to a certain extent a niche audience, but yeah. we are really glad that the BBC are going to be showing the finals, yes, albeit good. not live. Yeah. But for us, it is absolutely crucial that we get the whole competition out to the world yes. uh, and is in the biggest way possible. Mm. So we are working with Medici, who are the, who mm. are the sort of market mm. leaders mm. really in, in terms of um, classical music online and particularly in competitions. And um, I mean, just the, 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 the fact that the competition will be seen in about 13,500 yeah. cities, mm. 170 yeah. countries. With, with the Tchaikovsky and with Van Kleiburn, yeah. they had up to two million, um, over two million actually unique users. With Tchaikovsky, they had 10 million clicks. Um, and they were watching for an hour. Yeah, yeah of course. Yeah, so uh, people they, get hooked into it. <laughs> because they get hooked and into they, it. And they find it compelling. And yeah. so, so actually, for us, the potential to reach out yeah. to an audience which is bigger, probably, than the audience that we've had in the whole 55 yeah. years of the existence really of the competition important. is really, really yeah. important. When you say it was a radical change, does that suggest that there was some resistance? Well, um, I wouldn't say necessarily resistance, but, but, but because Dame Fanny Waterman, let's, let's, let's bring up the, the wonderful Dame Fanny, who was the the, the creator of, of of the Leeds competition and its inspirer, and an inspirer to countless thousands, mm. millions mm. of people, mm. through her piano books, through the yeah. competition she generated. She is legend. She is she a legend. Is. Um, but up, up to the last competition, streaming was not actually on 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 the agenda. Mm. Having said that, Dame Fanny now uh, has embraced streaming. 
big time because she's got a huge big 55 oh. inch screen at her <laughs> and, and oh, she no. now sees and she yeah, watches yeah. she watched the Rubenstein she's, and she watched she's the Van been Clive converted. she's been utterly converted mm. so she is absolutely up for it and and and, and you know bless her she has been so supportive of of of, of us and 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 um you know because it, hey it's very hard you know this is her baby and yes. she yes. did it yes. for 50 to give it, 50 yeah. give it pass it on to a new team you it must know, be exactly to pass yeah. it to pass your baby on yeah. to the onto a new and team is that, is that difficult for you I well, mean, are you sort of conscious that yeah. given her, st- her oh, status? Yeah. big, yeah. big yeah, shoes yeah. to fill. Yeah. Oh, wow. Oh, God, yes. And, 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 and in the beginning, very, di- very, very difficult mm. because, you know, we were wanting to, to, to bring in some, some innovations. And, and, and uh, you know, that's not always easy for, for, mm. for somebody mm. who thinks they know the, mm. the best way for, mm. to have these two younger people <laughs> come in. I'm not saying young, but younger people come in. Oh, um, come now. Come on. <laughs> well, Paul's You're 45. Young. Paul's young. <laughs> uh, come in and, and, and sort of take over and, 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 and do things in a different yeah. way. I mean, the other thing that, 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 that we also really felt and feel is crucial uh, in, as part of the process of maybe demystifying and making it more humane was providing um, a prize package that actually was really, really meaningful in mm. the long term. Uh, so, so it's not just cash. I mean, you know, they, they, the cash prize is not bad, but it's not as big as some of the others um, because we're a small and quite impoverished organisation. But we have got, as part of the prize package, for instance... Uh, Artist management with Askenas Holt for the for one of the winners. We stress it's one of the winners because for whatever reasons it may not be that the first prize winner, may, first prize winner may have already have management. Yeah, Who yeah, knows? Yeah. Um, so it is one of the winners, but that is a big deal. You mm. know, Askenas Holt is one of the world's <coughs> top management companies, mm. and mm. that is really seriously meaningful mm. to, to 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 that person. We will also be giving um, them. Uh, broadcast and recording opportunities on on BBC Radio Three, because we're partnering up with 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 Radio Three, my ex uh, home, if you like, and and that's great. And Radio Three has always been a fantastic supporter and continues to do so. We're also partnering with Wigmore Hall, who will give recitals to all three of the mm-hmm. prize winners, the, the first, second, and third. Um, the Royal Liverpool Philharmonic will also give opportunities to the first three prize winners in the week following the competition actually they'll give recitals to the third and second and the first prize winner will open the RLPO season with Vasily Petrenko um, on the Thursday following the final so that's a big thing but also we're they're, they're going to be mentored. Mm-hmm. Paul Lewis mm-hmm. will will take a mentoring role. We're hoping that other members of the jury will will do that. And Murray Parar, a patron, has agreed that he will um, take the, the winner into his home and, mm-hmm. and and give them advice. We're going to give them career advice too. Mm-hmm. Members of Askenas Holt will come and talk not just to the winners but also to all the twenty four yeah. who come to Leeds about about the business yeah. how to get on yeah. in the business yeah. you know because I think that's missing a lot f- um, I, I n- have quite a lot of contact with young people in conservatoire and I think that whole musician as entrepreneur which I mean it's an awful word in a way to apply to the art form but we have to be yeah, aware of it to. it's it's missing from a lot of the training you know yeah. they're teaching these young people to be performers but they're not teaching them no. how how to 
design a website yeah. and market mm. themselves and unfortunately these things are important very well, I mean, very I mean, I important I wouldn't actually say they? unfortunately I think fortunately I mean I use people's website constantly and yeah. it's so much easier than yeah. having to you know what you'd have to have done 15 20 years ago you had to write to yeah. them ask them for a cassette mm. now you can just click and click again and you can hear them playing live hopefully yeah. And, yeah. and and it's that sort of advice as to what to put out yeah. there yeah very that, important. that is going to make yeah. be, be yeah. make or break people's careers. What about the kind of wider world of p- pianism and piano playing? Um, how do you see the competition contributing and supporting and inspiring that? So all the all the eager amateurs, the teachers, the young young pianists coming through. Do you, do you see the competition having a role in in encouraging and supporting? That aspect oh, of the world of piano. Totally. I mean, you've pressed on something which is unbelievably important to us. Um, you know, I, I'm actually, the more I get into this job, the more and more evangelical mm-hmm. about uh, the role that an organisation such as ours can and should yeah, play. Yeah. And so, right from the beginning, Paul and I said, we must have a learning and engagement mm-hmm. uh, department uh, that is working both on a local level within Leeds and the, and the wider Yorkshire mm-hmm. area, on a national level in the whole country, and on a global level as well. Mm-hmm. And so we're, we're starting with that. Um, we are, for instance, with the, this Leeds Piano Festival that, that, that we're, we're kicking off this year, which I'll come back to mm. later, we are inviting uh, the Lang Lang scholars, who are the young scholars from the Lang Lang International Music mm. Foundation, handpicked by Lang Lang. Um, we're inviting three of them to come for, for a fortnight, and they'll each they'll give recitals in Leeds and London, but actually more important, they will be visiting schools, Mm -hmm. they will be visiting a dementia centre in in London, they will be performing to 1,200 school children in Leeds Town Hall. They will be really entering the community Mm -hmm. during that fortnight. Mm -hmm. We've got a a whole swathe of activities Mm -hmm. for them. And we want... Through that, and that's that's just one little example, but we're we're starting all sorts of initiatives. Mm. We have got a most brilliant learning and engagement officer called Jenny Rogers, who is just she's about twenty eight and she is just brimful of mm-hmm. ideas. And we really want to reach out not just, of course, to the young people who might be thinking of taking up the piano, but also to all those countless amateur mm. pianists, people yes. who who have maybe studied it in the past and let it yeah. drop yeah. rusty pianists yeah. so rusty pian i like that <laughs> rusty, rusty pianist, pianist. Yeah. i would but describe myself as a rusty well, pianist I, yeah. rusty pianist and sunday pianist and sunday yeah. pianist yeah. yeah and we want to reach out to those in every yeah. way we can and so so we want to use digital technology mm-hmm. to do that for instance uh, i was reading about somebody who's come up with a kit of parts that you can download which will create a sort of little virtual piano Mm. now you're not going to play Beethoven sonatas on it (laughs) but (laughs) you can actually somebody who thinks you know I'd love the piano but you know A I can't afford one and B I haven't got the space for one but just you can with a little kit of parts you can start you can start by Mm. playing a simple tune but then crucially 
you can join up with somebody else who might also be playing that mm -hmm. tune and you can play a duo or there are kit of parts by which you can that the other person you mm. can um, join up with is playing something which goes with it or yeah. plays the harmonies to it and gradually and you can do that globally mm. you can mm. you can reach out to somebody I, in I uh, what I'm about to say is is obviously complimentary I um I'm surprised to see you as animated about something like that because my assumption was that you are in charge, you and Paul are in charge of uh, a legendary competition which has a lot of legacy, uh, has a lot of historical sort of um, importance and that uh, outreach is very important but that that would be something that would be driven by an outreach person. Clearly you are fully engaged mm -hmm. in in yeah. that and I see that as oh. I'm, I'm sort of slightly surprised by that but that's not meant as an insult. I think it's very encouraging that it's coming from the top, I really oh, do. Oh listen, I, I, I will do everything mm. because quite apart from anything else, just on a practical level, the competition exists once every three years yeah. and then for three weeks or something and then it goes dead. Yes. And as but as an organisation, you were talking about the historical legacy. We have a duty mm. to use that in every yeah, way possible yeah, yeah. to reach out to 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 the people who for whom this matters, mm. and and encourage those for whom maybe it doesn't matter to actually think it does. Yeah, yeah. And you know, because a time there was when. The piano was sort of sort of central feature in in many people's yeah, households. It was almost ubiquitous. Exa wasn't it? Exactly, yeah. but that is no We've longer the that. case. Yeah. We've lost that. Yeah. But I f passionately mm. believe that there is a, a role to that we can play in mm. resuscitating that interest, but in a different way. You yeah. know, I mean, in China, there are between forty and I sixty know. million people yeah, studying the piano, yeah. and and people buying pianos. Yeah. I mean, the piano factories in China yeah. are churning them out. Yeah. Nothing, like yeah. nothing. On I wonder whether I might be able to ask you to move your microphone slightly. Yes, sorry. <laughs> That's fine. So sorry. I can hear you now. Okay. Oh my goodness. All right. No, it's so fine. sorry. No. Um, how many in China? Did you say? Between forty and sixty million people studying the piano yeah. at any given time. Wow, and and uh, God knows how many millions of pianos are being, being bought on a bought. on a yearly yeah. basis. I mean, there Incredible. it is. It is really yeah. amazing. Yeah. So China is a very important market yeah. for us yeah. in terms of, of of reaching out. Quite apart from the fact that you know they are also churning out lots of pianists. I mean, why what, why the popularity of the piano in China? I realise that's probably another podcast, but but just why is that? Well. Lang Lang is Lang Lang, Yundi, Yu Jia Wang. Those three names are. I mean, Yundi. So it's a recent, uh, essentially. Oh, a oh no, it yes, is. A, it it recent, is quite yeah, a recent yeah. thing. Yeah. Right. Well, yeah, pretty recent, but it is a phenomenal uh, occurrence. And and the out of the twenty-four people pianists selected to come to Leeds, the largest number from any one country are Chinese. Yeah. And that's. And that's uh, pianists studying Western classical music. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Often, too, which is and it. often in in the West. I mean, uh, quite a lot of them are studying in Europe or in the U.S. Yeah. But interestingly enough, we went, and this was part of our thing going to Singapore. We went to Singapore where we heard eleven pianists, and um, most of those pianists were studying either in China or in. In Singapore, some of them were, were also studying in in, in 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 Europe. But 
we took five out of 11 pianists from the ones mm-hmm. who auditioned in Singapore, which was actually the highest ratio yeah, yeah. of all the three places. Yeah. Interesting. But they, and they really want to play the core repertoire. They do, they do want to play the core they? repertoire. Because yes. I, I had a meeting some months ago with one of the major exam boards about planning the new syllabus. And I mean, I, personally, I'd like to see much more contemporary music specifically in exam syllabuses and perhaps also in competition repertoire lists but in fact um, one of the directors said you know their their main market is not the UK it's actually the Far East mm. and those students so this is the kids coming through right up to grade 8 and beyond they want to play Mozart, Haydn, Beethoven, Bach and so the exam boards feel that they must fulfil that and I thought that was very interesting actually and encouraging too that, that that it's actually that part of the world that's really c- keeping going with the core repertoire i have um i'm conflicted uh, i'm slightly conflicted <laughs> which is my my hope would be first of all i'm interested in the cultural appeal of yeah. western classical music yeah. obviously i know why that is uh, but but also is there not a need or desire to uh preserve their own Musical repertoire. Do you do you understand what I mean? I do absolutely. I'm um, I'm interested in what what but, is drawing. So, for example, there was a piece in one of the previous exa- uh, rep- exam repertoire lists, which was a a Chin- written by a Chinese composer with a very distinctive Chinese flavour to its sound, and it was one of the least popular pieces. Gosh. It was more popular with UK students but it wasn't even particularly popular. They want to play the, the, the core canon. That's interesting. Because well, I, I think they think it's what it's all about. It's, 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 it's which is a very, great thing. That it's I think that, very I think important that's in the, the grand sweep of classical music. Yep. This core Western cl- canon is important. Yeah, it is. I am quite conscious of time. <laughs> uh, and I, because we've run to 55 minutes, which is marvellous... Um, I wonder whether I can get some details about... There's a festival starting. Yeah. Tell me all that we need to know about the festival. All right. Without repetition, hesitation, and, and etc. Um, OK, well, this was another thought that we had uh, quite early on. In order to sustain the momentum of the competition and, and actually to, to keep a focus in people's minds uh, on the competition, we decided that we'd hold an annual um, Leeds Piano Festival in Leeds and London. And that's kicking off on the 14th of May in Leeds. Um, in Leeds, the main events take place at the Howard Assembly Room. Um, which is part of the Grand Theatre Leeds, and we've got four recitals. That is um, Lars Vogt, who came second in 1990, Alessio Bax, who won in 2000, and Sunwook Kim, who was the first Korean, who won in 2006, and also a recital by the Lang Lang Scholars that mm-hmm. I mentioned. And that will, those four recitals will also take place at Wigmore Hall here in London um, on the... 16th, 17th and 18th of May and the 23rd of May, all lunchtime concerts. You have that slightly vacant, distant look <laughs> of an artistic director who's suddenly going, I'm having to remember all of the remember information. The I don't know whether I can. But, <laughs> I, but I, I think I've got that right. <laughs> yes. But also, crucially, as, as I mentioned, um, we are 
we're teaming up with uh, various different uh, bodies in, in, in Leeds and the Leeds area for, the, for some of the education work. And we're working in very close collaboration with Wigmore Hall's education mm -hmm. department uh, in London with the, uh, and, and with the Lang Lang scholars to, to take them out to schools and, and, as I said, to a dementia centre. So this is very important for us. Mm. And, and, and we're going to be doing that on an annual basis. Oh, so it will run... The competition will come back every three years, but the festival festival will, will run. That's every brilliant because oh, then it keeps models. the it keeps the leads in the, well exactly in people's minds, doesn't it? Exactly because yes. I think one of the trouble problems with competitions of, is that you know there's there's the whole furore around it and the excitement and the winners and then then it all goes quiet. Yes, and yeah. and we, f we kind of forget. Um, exactly, and um, I think it's important to keep these things alive and in in, in focus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Very much, very much. I quite, I quite agree with mm. that. And, and you know, we're, we're. I must say, we're so lucky with some of our partners. I mean, we have this wonderful partnership with the University of Leeds, which mm. is unique. No other competition has a leading university as its major mm. partner. They are our principal partner, mm. and they are. I mean, they they give us the premises for the for the. Uh, for the second and third rounds in the Great Hall at the university, but they also they put up all the mm. all the competitors, and we're holding a whole host of other events mm. in the mornings, master classes and things like that, which they're helping us promote. Um, and the city is really getting behind yeah. it. Yeah. I mean, Leeds City is really getting behind it. So we're going to have a piano trail. We've got twelve pianos spread across the whole city. Street pianos. Street pianos. Marvelous. In in uh, across the city in different places, a station shopping malls, um, the Tetley, old Tetley Brewery, <laughs> and th those f for everybody to come up and play, and they can film themselves mm -hmm. and upload their films, but it's also, we'll be holding little pop-up recitals, so some of the contestants who will have got knocked out of the second round mm -hmm. will go and live, give little recitals Good. around the city. You yeah. love it, don't you? I can tell. Yeah, no, I do. <laughs> you do. I do. Really, I, 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 think, I think all of these other things are so important yes. mm -hmm. as, as, as part of, a, of, of, of drawing... Uh, drawing all the threads together and then I have to say Steinways are fantastic partners to us they provide the pianos for the competition but they're also they will organize a European tour and a Korean tour for um, for our winner Marvelous. so you know th that, that is thanks very much to Fran Wilson and Adam Gatehouse for joining me at Steinway Hall in central London for this podcast episode the Leeds Piano Festival concerts are on the 16th, 17th 18th and the 23rd of May in Wigmore Hall, London. Competition gets underway on Medici TV from the 6th of September and the competition final is on the 15th of September thanks for all your comments, ideas and feedback it's really appreciated uh, please be sure to rate, like and subscribe to the podcast on Spotify iTunes, Audio Boom, or now Anchor you can tweet me at thoroughlygood or you can email me john.jacob at thoroughlygood.me <laughs>